Hello, this is Josh Christman, pastor of the Anchor Church of Cambridge, located in Cambridge, Ohio. I want to say thanks for tuning in today. I hope this podcast inspires you, encourages you, and helps you to live the life that God has called you to live. Praise the Lord. Praise your name, Jesus. It's good to see everybody in the house of the Lord today. Will you turn with me this morning to the book of Romans? Chapter 2. Next week is... Resurrection Sunday, I would like you to invite some of your friends and your family, get on the telephone this week, and uh, let the Lord lead you, inviting, I feel like the Lord has given me a word for next Sunday, and so we're thankful for that, thankful for His word, and we're thankful to be part of God's church, amen, how many thankful to be considered part of what God's doing in the earth. Man, it's a great responsibility and a privilege, Lord, and to be a part of the Lord's church and, and His working and moving in the earth and and, um, and all that He's doing. Uh, be in prayer for our service next week. And for for us, it's, it's not anything different. You know, it's... Uh, we believe that every Sunday is Resurrection Sunday. We believe every day is Resurrection Day. Um, I believe that I'm alive and God's alive every day. Amen. But this is the time of the year that we celebrate the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And it's some, for some people, it's the only day that they come to church. And so we need to prepare the atmosphere and Pray that the Lord will bless them and keep them and, uh, and help them. Somebody say amen. Romans 2, and we'll start reading at verse 1. <laughs> Setting the tone for the word. That's the Lord's walk-up music, I guess. I don't know. Silence your cell phones, please. Nobody laughed. Romans 2, verse 1. Therefore, thou art inexcusable, O man, whosoever thou art that judgest. That's pretty straightforward, isn't it? There's no excuse for it. Somebody say, there's no excuse for it. For wherein thou judgest another, thou condemnest thyself. For thou that judgest doest the same things. The reason you notice them doing it is because you do it. That'll preach. 
I mean, I didn't plan on preaching on that very long, but I might as well stay there a little bit, huh? But we are sure that the judgment of God, see, that, that's what we're focused on here. We're not the judge. Somebody say, I'm not the judge. But the Lord said, judge, judge them by their fruit. That's those that are judgy. That's the scripture they want to use. You can judge a person by their fruit, but it's not for you to cast judgment upon them in their life. It's for you to pray for them. Somebody say amen. It's for you to help them. Somebody say help your neighbor. But we are sure. Somebody say we're, we're sure. That the judgment of God is according to truth against them which commit such things. And thinkest thou this, O man, that judgest them which do such things, and doest the same, that thou shalt escape the judgment of God? Or despisest thou the riches of His goodness, and forbearance, and longsuffering? Not knowing, he's telling them, you don't know that the goodness of God, somebody say the goodness of God, leadeth thee to repentance. Amen. I'm going to preach to you this morning on this subject, saved by his goodness. Saved by his goodness. Let's flip over to Luke. I want to read this real quick. Before, before we pray and we preach. Luke, Luke 5, 3 through 8. Sorry. Luke 5, 3 through 8. And he entered into one of the ships, which was Simon's, and prayed him that he would thrust out a little from the land. And he sat down and taught the people out of the ship. Now when he had left speaking, he said unto Simon, Launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a draught. And Simon, answering, said unto him, Master, we have toiled all night and have taken nothing. Nevertheless, at thy word, I will let down the net. And when they had done this, they enclosed a great multitude of fishes and their net brake. And they beckoned unto their partners, which were in the other ships, that they should come and help them. And they came and filled both the ships so that they began to sink. When Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees, saying, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. For he was astonished, and all that were with him at the draught of the fishes which they had taken. And so was also James and John, the sons of Zebedee, which were partners with Simon. And Jesus said unto Simon, Fear not, from henceforth thou shalt catch men. And when they had brought their ships to the land, they forsook all and followed him. Amen. When we read this scripture Thursday night in Bible study, the Lord uh, spoke this word to me in my prayer time, saved by his goodness. 
Amen. Saved by his goodness. I wonder if we could just lay our Bibles down, if we could we could just lift our hands one more time before we're seated and just ask the Lord to speak to us today. God, we love you today, Lord. We're thankful for your presence. God, we're thankful for the opportunity to hear your word, Lord, preached, spoken. God, I pray, Lord, that you would open our eyes to see, our ears to hear, and our hearts to be understanding of your word. God, I pray, Lord, that you would work, Lord, on every heart under the sound of my voice today, God. Don't let us leave here this morning the same way that we came in. I pray that there would be a drawing of your spirit, God, to move and to touch and administer, Lord, to every aspect of every life, Lord. God, I pray, Jesus, that you would that you would place your hands upon us today, God, and do what you will. We'll give you all the praise, all the honor, and all the glory in Jesus' name. Amen. You can be seated in the presence of the Lord. Saved by his, his goodness. There are a lot of different qualities uh, that God has that we could speak of this morning. In fact, we could do a uh, couple of years, probably series on the attributes and qualities of God. Amen. There are many different qualities that, that he has. Um, that we could talk about uh, the, uh, the, 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 the verses in the book of Romans in chapter 2. He begins to talk about judgment and uh, the judging of other people and the judgment of God. Uh, he, he's, he's, he's talking down on judgment. How many know that, that we as people, as, as mere human beings, as as flawed flesh, we are, uh, we are finite, we are, we are flawed, amen, we, we are limited uh, in our ability to, to be and to do and to know, amen, we, uh, we, are, we are limited on, on, on our ability to understand our intellect, we're, we're limited on, in every area of our lives, we're, we're subject to uh, life on this earth. Amen. We're subject to uh, a lot of different things that, that we, when I say subject to, that we are under, right? That, 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 that control us. How many know that we're under time? Amen. That, that time is, is something that, that, that rules over us. Amen. Time is something that, that controls all that happens in the earth. We are in time and we are under time. Amen. And, and we are limited on time. We are limited on the amount of time that we have on this earth. How many know that the Bible says that all flesh is as grass and the flower of grass that, you know, you're here today and blossoming one moment and then tomorrow you're gone. Somebody say amen. The, the azalea bush that's out in front of our house every year, it blooms about the time of Ashlyn's birthday and she calls that her bush. Ever since the time she was just little, every year, Becca would get her camera out and take a picture of Ashlyn in front of the azalea bush because as it's blooming, Ashlyn's getting ready to turn another age, and this year it'll be the ripe age of 15. Amen. Growing up, and, and she come out this morning and she said, I hope my bush is not dead. 
because of the cold weather last night, right? The, we don't want the frost to kill the blooms on the bush because we know that that bush is only going to last only about a week or two. Amen. Those flowers that are blooming on that bush, it's just going to be for a short amount of time that it's going to be there. And then those flowers are going to die and it's going to fall off. Amen. And, and we can understand we're under time. We're limited by time. We only have a certain amount of, of time on this earth. We only have a certain amount of days to, to get it right and to get things in order. Come on. We only have a certain amount of days to appreciate the people around us and show love to the people around. We only have a certain amount of time to work like it's day, the Bible says, because night is coming when no man can work. I'm telling you, we're living in a day and an hour where the fields are white with harvest. Come on. We're living in an hour where, 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 where sin is rampant and people are hurting and wondering and looking. Now's the time to get the gospel out. Somebody say, Amen. Now's the time to be at work. Now's the time to get it in order. He said, redeem the time. Amen. It's time that we look at our schedules and set some things aside and, and begin to dictate and prioritize what's most important. Amen. When you know that you're limited on time, you'll get everything done that you want to get done. Somebody say, Amen. If you found out tomorrow that you had a terminal illness, God forbid, and you had a limited amount of time, there would be some things that you would do different. There would be some things that you would exclude from your life. And there would be a lot of things that you would include in your life because you realized that your time was short. I want to preach to you this morning. We are not promised tomorrow. We are promised right now. And we need to get it right in the hour that we're living and we're cognizant and aware of the circumstances around us. Somebody say amen. I want to get it right. Somebody say, I want to get it right. Amen. But we understand that we're there, there's so much that's beyond us. Amen. There's so much that's beyond our control. Amen. There, there, there's so much that, that we don't have, that, that we're not able to do, and that we're not capable of. Come on. There, there's so much that, 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 that we're subject to, right, as being flesh and being human beings. Amen. Uh, how many know that, that we are subject to sin? Amen. That the Bible tells us that when we were born into the world, we were born into sin and shaped in iniquity. Amen. We were born into the fallen nature of Adam who sinned in the Garden of Eden. Amen. Uh, understand that every person that's born into the earth is born under sin. Amen. Uh, we can't we can't all of a sudden come to a realization at the age of twelve and and say I'm not going to sin anymore. Right? In and of ourselves, we're not capable of overcoming that which nature we're born into. Amen. And that's natural to us. How many know that the sinful nature is natural to us? Amen. It comes natural. It's something, it's, 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 it's who we are within ourselves. There's certain weaknesses and things that we are vulnerable to because we are flesh. Amen. We can't overcome it ourselves. We can't win it ourselves. That's why Paul said that you are saved through faith. By grace are you saved through faith and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God. How many is thankful for a God?
God that robed himself in flesh became the price on the cross and set us free from a life of sin. Amen. We in and of ourselves are, are, are limited. Somebody say, I'm limited. Amen. In and of myself, I'm talking about. I, I'm limited. Amen. I'm limited in knowing. I'm limited in, in, in ability. I'm limited in, in what I see. Amen. What I'm capable of seeing, what I'm capable of learning, what I'm capable of knowing. Amen. There's so much of us that, that, that is limited, so many parts of our lives that we're limited in. Amen. I don't know how anybody lives without God. Amen. There's so many questions in the day-to-day life. Come on. There's so much struggle and trouble that we got to deal with in life. There, there, there's so many things that come at us from this side and from that side that we don't have the answer for and that we can't overcome ourselves. Amen. And that we don't understand. I don't know how anybody lives without God. Come on. I don't know how anybody lives without faith in God. Amen. They, they, they rely on drugs and alcohol and sex, and the pleasures of this world, and money, and the security of this life, to try to get them by from day to day. But I want to preach to you this morning that I don't lean upon myself and what I know, and I don't lean upon my own ability, and I don't lean upon my own knowledge and wisdom and understanding, but there's something in me that's pulling on the knowledge and the wisdom of God, because I want to walk in His goodness, and I want to live in God's goodness amen how many know that we're limited in our ability to see when it comes to judging people amen we we judge uh, the bible says in the book of samuel that uh, he told he told samuel god said you look on the outward appearance amen which gives you a wrong perspective but i have the ability to look at the heart i have the ability to see the heart which gives me the right perspective Amen. Until you're able to see the heart of a person, you don't judge that person. Amen. He's telling, he's basically telling us we don't have the ability to do it. And because we don't have the ability to do it, we should not do it. Amen. Judgment should never be a part of our lives. We should never look at another person's life and say, well, uh, they deserve what they got. Come on. They, they deserve more than, than what they're getting. That, that, that's not enough for what they've done. They, they deserve that. I want to tell you today, there's an old saying that says, don't judge a man until you've walked a mile in his shoes you don't know what he's dealt with you don't know what he's been through you don't know what kind of abuse he's endured you don't know what type of life he's lived you don't know the heart of that man and until we know the heart of a man judgment should never cross our lips somebody say amen how many know that you can judge people in your heart and not say a word Amen. You can judge them in your heart and, and not utter a word. You, they, uh, you can actually be around people and you can feel the judgment coming from them. Amen. But how many know if, they're, if we're part of the bride of Christ, if we've been saved by His grace and saved by His mercy, come on, saved by the cross that was supposed to be our cross, but He pushed us out of the way and He took our punishment on the cross for us. Come on. He, he said, let this mind be in you that was also in Him who became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. It wasn't His cross. He bore our cross 
cross. Come on. It wasn't his cross. It wasn't his beating or his punishment or his sin. But he took the sin of all mankind upon him that we might go free. Amen. We are saved by mercy. Saved by the love of God. Saved by his goodness. Clap your hands to the Lord. He's worthy. How many know that if God's not judging, do I have a right to judge? In fact, I believe it's our responsibility as the church to love people. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Somebody say, love people. That's our responsibility. How many know there's no judgment in love? Amen. Romans 11 and 12, he says, behold... Therefore, the goodness and severity of God on them which fell, severity, but toward the goodness, if thou continue in his goodness. He's talking about the olive tree. He's talking about the, the Jews, how that when they, when they refused to believe and accept him as the Messiah, that the Bible says in the previous words of that passage, it says that those branches were cut off. Amen. That the branches of the tree were cut off. And he's talking about the severity of God. But it's because those branches were cut off that gave us an opportunity to be grafted in. Amen. So on one side is the judgment of God for people who refuse and the severity of God. People who refuse to come in underneath the umbrella of his goodness. And then there's the goodness of God for those people that has accepted him and his goodness and his plan and his love for all of mankind. Amen. How many know I don't want to fall underneath the judgment of God? Not at one point in my life or the severity of God. In the last days, the Bible talks about the great and terrible day of the Lord. Amen. For the church, it's going to be a great day. But for those that don't know Him and are the adversaries and enemies of the cross, it's going to be a terrible day. Amen. How can it be both? Amen. Because there are two sides of God. But I want to tell you today that it's not God's will that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. It's not His will to take out judgment on any of the humankind, but to save all that are lost. Amen. Somebody say amen. Amen. We are saved by the goodness of God. Somebody say, we're not saved by judgment. We're saved by His goodness. Beautiful. Exodus 33 and 19. Was that me preaching? <laughs> Amen. The delay. And he said, I will make all my goodness pass before thee, and I will proclaim the name of the Lord before thee. When Moses came to God and he said, Lord, I want to see you face to face. I, I want to know you. I want to see you. I, will, uh, I, want to, uh, I want to see you face to face. I want to talk with you, Lord. I desire to be in your presence. And the Lord said to him, I will make all my goodness. I will make my goodness pass before thee. And I will proclaim the name of the Lord before thee. 
And the Bible says, And the Lord passed by before him and proclaimed the Lord, the Lord God, merciful and gracious, long-suffering and abundant in goodness and in truth. How many know he told him that I'm gonna, you can't see me face to face, but I'm going to put you in the cleft of the rock. Come on, I'm going to put you in the cleft of the rock, and when I pass by, I'm going to place my hand over your eyes, and I'm going to pass by you, and I'm going to remove my hand, and you're going to see my hinder parts. Amen. You're going to see me as I go away. You're going to see my backside. Amen. You're going to see where where I've been. Amen. And the Bible says that when God passed by Moses, that he caused his goodness to pass by him. Amen. And his goodness overshadowed him. And as he began to go away, his eyes began to be opened about where God had been and all that God had done. Come on. There's so much about God that we don't know. There's so many things that he has done that we don't have understanding of. Even in our own lives. There's things that he has done for us that we aren't cognizant of. We don't know about his guarding hand and the angels that he put with us and his hand of protection that has covered us in moments of danger. Amen. We don't even understand where he's been or what he's done. But when he passes by and we begin to see the goodness of God, we begin to have an awareness, an understanding, and a worship for God that we never had before. When we begin to see all that he's done for us and all that he has prepared, there's something that rises up in me that just wants to worship him. He's, when he passed by, he didn't show him all of the judgment. He didn't show him all of the destruction that sometimes uh, is by the hand of God. But when he passed by him, uh, he covered him with his goodness. His goodness was his plan. Amen. All that he had created. Amen. And Moses began to write, In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, and the earth was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep, and the Spirit of the Lord began to move upon the waters, and God said, Let there be light. Come on. How many know that when God made Moses aware of all that he had done, it gave Moses inspiration to begin to put it on paper, and he began to write, all that we have in the book of Genesis. Somebody say amen. The goodness of God will take us to another level. When we understand who He is and what He has done, that's what it means to be in relationship with Him. Somebody say amen. Amen. Psalms 27 Psalms 21 and 3. For thou preventest him with the blessing of goodness. Amen. This is, the, this is David writing in the, in the book of Psalms. and He says, for you have prevented him with the blessing of goodness. What does it mean when, when something is prevented? Some, somebody speak up. There's a lot of mutt, whispering going on. You stop something. 
something that's going to happen that you stop that somebody stopped from happening amen and and the word of the psalmist says that you have prevented him with the blessing of goodness right it is the is it's the goodness of the blessing of goodness of god that prevented things from happening in our life that were going to happen amen how many know that the path that we were on or the path that maybe you're still on that there's a lot of things that could have happened there's a lot of things that should have happened come on there's a lot of places that you should have ended up and things that may, maybe you shouldn't be here today come on maybe you should be dead uh, buried 6 foot under about the things that you have gone through and the things that you have done and some of us, the things that we have put in our bodies, the places we've been, the circumstances that have arose, we should not be here today. But how many know that it's the goodness of God that we're standing in the church house today with a sound mind and a praise on our lips? Amen. Three years ago, I was in an accident that nearly took my life. I looked at the pictures on the, on the three-year anniversary of that accident, and I began to well up with tears and, and weep and cry with my kids as we began to reminisce about the moment when those things took place and how different it could have been and how different that call could have been in that moment coming to my wife and to my children. But I'm so thankful that he covered me. I'm so thankful that he protected protected me when I could not protect myself. He prevented. It's his goodness. Come on. It's his goodness. It's his goodness. But, but Josh, he came out of that with a busted leg and a broken hip. But I still got life. And I still got breath. And I still got wholeness of spirit. Come on, and I'm able to declare, you shall not die, but you shall live and declare the works of the Lord. Come on, because I have a testimony of healing. Mm. God is so good. Amen. And we begin to lift our hands and give God praise in, in my home because, because, man, it could have been so different. It could, have, it could have turned out so different. Think of the circumstances in your life that could have been so different. Come on. Think of the, the things that could have killed you, the things that should have killed you, the things that, that should have wrecked your life and wrecked your mind and destroyed your family. And, but God held you fast in the palm of his hand because he understood what his goodness meant to our lives, even in moments of sin, even in moments of, 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 of walking away from God. There's an element of the goodness, the long-suffering, and the forbearance of God that looks at us and says, I still love you. I still love you. I still got a plan for your life. Amen. This world needs to know that the God that we serve, He's not sitting up there behind His, His, His desk with a gavel casting judgment upon people's lives. But my Bible tells me that He came not into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through Him might be saved. Uh, for God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whosoever, whosoever, whosoever believeth in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. Clap your hands to the Lord and thank Him for His goodness. Amen. 
Do you have a testimony of his goodness? Amen. If you have a testimony of his goodness, why don't you just lift your hands right now in this moment and voice it to the Lord. God, I'm thankful, Lord, for your hand of protection upon me. I'm thankful, God, for for your preventative nature that you prevented the things from happening that could have happened, Lord. I pray, God, that you would open the eyes of every person under the sound of my voice of your goodness towards them. Thank you for your goodness. Half of us should not be here today. Somebody say amen. And we think, sixty-four percent of all marriages end in divorce. They say. And I look at my wife. And there's a part of us that wants to say, yeah, it's us. Right, that, that I have what I have because of me. Amen, there's a, there's, a, there's, there's a part of us that wants to lay claim to anything good that happens. Come on, we, we, want, we, want, we, we want the glory. But when you understand the goodness of God and how far ahead of He is of us, there's an adoration and praise that we have that we, that we don't have otherwise. And I look at, me and my wife have been together for 22 years. And, and, and man, we've had some knockdown dragouts. You know, a couple people laughed. <laughs> because it's real life. You don't always agree. Amen. But it's the goodness of God. Amen. It's the goodness of God that has kept us together. It's the goodness of God that has, has blessed us. It's the goodness of God. Amen. you got to keep yourself in the goodness of God. Come on. How many know you got to keep your eyes fixed on the goodness of God? Amen. That the, It's the goodness of God that we're here. It's the goodness of God that we made it through our past. It's the goodness of God we're in the present. And it's the goodness of God that's going to get us through our tomorrow. Somebody say amen. Too many times we, we keep waiting on what's going to happen. Well, I wonder what bad's going to happen now. I wonder, I wonder what negative's going to come to my life. I, I wonder what's going to happen to take away the good things I do have. And the moments that we're enjoying good things, there's a, there's a voice in the back of our mind. It's tormenting us, and, well, we're going to lose it. It's only a matter of time before this goes away because I've never had anything good in my life. But God wants to rewire our minds and let us know that is the goodness of God that keeps us. It's His goodness that plans and provides for us. But we have to keep ourselves in the goodness of God. Somebody say amen. That's what, that's what Paul meant in Romans eleven twelve when he says, but you got to continue in His goodness. Amen. There's a... There's a there's an enemy of our mind that wants us to try to give up on anything good. 
Amen. Or anything more. Or, 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 or anything that's, that's bringing increase to our lives. We, we look at where we've been and what we've done. And there should be an element of faith that rises up in us because of what he's brought us through. Amen. It, it should, there should be an element of faith in God that rises up when, when, when we think about all the things we've done. And we look back and, and, and take, a, t- take inventory of where he's brought us from and the things he's healed us from and the things he's done force to know that if he brought me through that when I didn't even know he had his hand on my life how much more is he going to provide for me in the moment that I'm living in in the in in the under the covering of his goodness somebody say how much more there's got to be a a perspective change Amen. There's got to be a a change of of mind, of perspective, where we don't expect negative things to happen. Where we expect the goodness of God. Where we just expect, I don't know what God's going to do, but He's going to do something great. Amen. I don't know how he's going to do it, and I know it looks terrible, and it looks like it's never going to happen, but I, I just know his goodness is going to shine through. I just know that his goodness is going, to, is going to make a way where there seems to be no way. That's why he said, and we know that all things work together for the good for those who love God and who are the called according to his purpose God give us a new perspective let faith rise up that my family's not going to be lost they're going to be saved I don't know how he's going to do it but his goodness is going to make a way how many know the bills are going to be paid not because I'm somebody but because his goodness will make a way it's all about his goodness amen The psalmist said, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. Somebody say, Amen. What did he say? I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Come on. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil. My cup. You know what? You might think you're coming out on the short end, but I'm not coming out on the short end. Come on. I'm running over. Come on. I got enough for God's running over in me. He's going to pour it into my life because he's good. Listen. Surely, goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. I'm not looking for a day when the enemy conquers me and I fall out and I'm lost. I'm going to dwell in the presence of the Lord for eternity because His goodness and His mercy. Amen. 
He said, they're going to follow me. You look up that word follow. It means to pursue. It means to run after. Amen. The goodness of God is not just on your life. It's pursuing your life. It's chasing you down. Even in moments when it looks like you're lost or you're living in darkness, he said, I will not fear because you're with me. Your rod and your staff will comfort me. Come on, goodness and mercy will follow you. All the days of my life. Amen. In the good days and in the bad days. Come on. In the things that I want and the things that I don't want. Come on. In the things that I can control and in the things that are outside my ability and my power. I just believe God's word when he said your goodness, his goodness, his goodness will follow me all the days of my life. If you believe that, clap your hands to the Lord. Thankful for his goodness. Thankful for his goodness. Amen. It's pursuing It's pursuing me. You know, there's a lot of things that happen in life that that we don't understand. And sometimes we judge how God feels about us based on what's happening. Amen. We base God's love for us We base that on the things that happen to us or the circumstances that we're going through in our lives. Somebody say amen. But God's love for us is not always in things that we want. A lot of the things that He does for us are connected to the things that we don't want. Amen. His will for our lives is more than just the things that we want to walk in. Amen. As the psalmist said, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil because you're with me. Amen. When I'm in a circumstance that I don't understand and I don't see my way out of and I'm surrounded by darkness, I know that I'm going to be okay because you're with me. Come on. I know that I'm going to be all right because you're beside me. You're with me. Amen. You you got got a hold of my hand. It's your goodness that has covered me and it's following me. So regardless of what I go through, I got to understand and know and believe that God is with me and that God is for me and not against me, and His goodness shall shine through at the end. Somebody say amen. How many believe that this morning? It's His goodness. Somebody say it's His goodness. Where's that scripture at? Back to our text, Romans 2. Can we put this up there? Verse 4 on the board, please.
Verse 3. I want to start on the first sentence, the last sentence. And do us the same that, man, I can't see that. That thou shalt escape the judgment of God. Okay, go to the next one. Or despisest thou the riches of his goodness and forbearance and longsuffering, not knowing that the goodness of God leadeth thee to repentance. You know, it's the goodness of God that actually changes us and causes us to want to choose differently. It's, his, it's his, the blessing of God, the goodness of God that pulls us close. If you go to our story and how um, the Bible says that Jesus was teaching there along the sea and, and Peter and his crew, Simon and his crew had come up to the shore there. They had, they had, they had fished all night long and they had, didn't catch anything. And, and they're standing along the shore there and Jesus says, can I borrow one of your boats there for a minute? And they're like, guess so they get him up there and they get him out a little bit from the shore and Simon's sitting there with him and he's teaching the crowd that's standing along the shore and the Bible says when he was done teaching he turned to Simon and he said why don't you cast out into the deep for what for a for a drop, for a, a big catch. And Peter says, Lord, we've toiled all night. What's that mean? We've worked. We've labored. We've, we've toiled. We've weathered the storm. We've weathered the circumstances. We've, we've toiled. Hey Amen. It's like a, a painful laborious, working, effort, going in to trying to get something that you want. We've toiled all night. I've put effort into it. Amen. I, we, we, we fished all night long and we didn't catch anything. Why did he feel the need to tell Jesus that? Yeah, he's done. He's, he's give up, he gave up on it, right? I've, I've had my fill of it. I'm done with it. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm out of strength. I, d I don't want to go. I, uh, there's nothing in me that wants to go. There's nothing in me that, 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 that wants to put any more effort into something that seems like it's never going to pay off. Come on. But how many know that when we're doing it with our own power, we don't have the ability to know what God knows and see what God sees, and any effort we put within and of ourselves and chasing our dreams will be fruitless in giving us what we desire. But he made a statement. He said, because of thy word, because you said to cast out into the deep, I'm going to do it. Just there are, there are times in our lives where we just got to do it because God said. 
Amen. There are times in our lives when we come to the end of our rope, we get to a place where we don't have any more strength, we don't have any more power, we have toiled, we've prayed, we've searched, we've longed, we've done everything we could do to get what we needed, and we still failed. There are times that we just got to pray just because God said. We got to go to church because God said. We got to get up and go to work because God said. At thy word, I'll do it. I don't want to do it. I don't feel like doing it. The only reason I'm doing it is because God said do it. Amen. I want to tell you, there are some of us under the sound of my voice today that you have labored, you have worked, you've tried to find happiness, you've tried to get what that which satisfies on the inside every way you could. Amen. But God is telling you today, cast out into the deep, put down your nets, because there's something that I have for you today that you haven't gotten anywhere else. And you just got to come with a new perspective because God said, come, he will do exactly what he said amen amen Peter cast out into the deep let down their net him and his whole crew Bible says that they caught a draught of fishes a catch of fishes that was so big It was so big that, that they couldn't contain it. And so they started calling for the rest of the team. Come on, can, can you help me get these fish? Amen. And they fished all night too and didn't catch anything. They understood what it was to be disappointed. Amen. But it was the faith that Peter had and doing what God said that brought the blessing upon his life, not just on his life, but everybody that was connected to him because they were partners with Peter. Come on. They were partners in Peter and what he was attempting to do. It was so great that it was, it was sinking the boat. Have you ever imagined that God wants to give you so much it'll sink your boat? I believe he wants to give us so much it'll sink our boat. Amen. I, I do. I, I believe he, he, he wants that for his children. I, I believe that those that follow him and that are walking in his goodness, it's not his desire for us to struggle. Come on. It's not his desire for us to wake up every day and wring our hands and, and not have what we need and go through the motions of life and not be truly happy. That's not the will and, and the purpose of God. His purpose and his goodness is his purpose amen he wants to pour it out upon his people he wants to bless our lives and we got to come to an understanding that if i got god man i got everything somebody say if i got god i have everything it was such a great catch that all the other boats came and they filled all the boats with what they caught in Peter's net. And Peter turned around and looked at Jesus. He's like, because when you, when you see the goodness of God, you begin to see how little you deserve it. Amen. You 
When you see the goodness of God up front and personal in your life, you, it, it breaks you down. Because you, you begin to under, understand how merciful He is because He knows me, but He still blessed me. Come on. He knows me, but He still loves me. He, he, he knows me. And Peter falls down at his feet and gets real with the Lord. He says, Lord, I don't, I don't deserve this. You, you don't understand. I'm a sinful man. Amen. Well, we're thinking about Peter, right? When we read the Bible, we think about Peter. We think about him preaching on the day of Pentecost. We think about signs, wonders, and miracles. Amen. That they would lay the, the, the sick in the street. That the shadow of Peter walking by, they would be healed by the very shadow that touched them. We're thinking about the, being used by God, Peter. Amen. The, the, the end result, Peter. But understand that the goodness of God was not just for the end result, Peter. Come on. that the, the, the goodness of God was for Peter that was struggling. Peter that was a sinner. Peter that needed guidance. Peter that couldn't do it on his own. Peter that didn't have what it took. But it was the goodness of God that caused him to repent. It was the goodness of God that buckled his knees. You know, there's a lot of people that think, well, we need to preach it hot because it's the fear of God, it's the judgment of God that's going to get people to understand. Yeah, there might be there, there might be people that we pull out of the fire and we preach judgment because we got to preach God's judgment just like we preach His mercy. But I'm going to tell you today, there is nothing, nothing, nothing in this world that affects a man's heart like the goodness of God, like the blessing of the Lord. Come on, if you've felt his blessing, why don't you lift your hands to the Lord right now and just thank him for his goodness. Stand with me all around the building. Why did he do that for Peter? Why, why, why would he go through the trouble of doing that for for Peter. <laughs> Think about it. We know Peter didn't deserve it. Why would he why would he go through the trouble of giving Peter something that he knew would be the turning point. That was a turning point in Peter's life. It changed his direction. Why would he do that for Peter? Because God has this ability not just to see where we're at, but he has the ability to see the potential of what you can be. Why would God go through of impacting our lives? Because he's not looking at our today. He's not worried about what we've done. 
He knows you need the blood. That's why he died on the cross. Amen. He knows you need forgiveness. Amen. That's why he became high priest over the new covenant. He knows all that. He knows what you've done is wrong. He knows what the way that you, we've lived is wrong. He, he knows that. But the reason he doesn't give up on us, Peter, is because he sees, he sees the end. And he knows that there's more to you than just where you've been. Come on. There's more to you than just what you've done. There's more to your life than just what you've been through. Amen. There's a plan and there is a purpose of God that's going to come forth from His people. But what's going to bring it out of them is going to be His goodness. It's going to be the blessing of the Lord upon our lives. I want to tell you today, if anybody walks through the doors of this building and they find their way to an altar of repentance, it's going to be because of His goodness. Come on, it's going to be because of the blessing of the Lord. It's going to be because of His love and His mercy. What a great, what a great opportunity it is for us as people that have been saved, filled with the Holy Ghost, sanctified by His Spirit and His Word, that we have the opportunity to proclaim to people around us. He didn't do it because I had it all figured out. He blessed me because He's good. He saved me because He's good. He protected me because He's good. Amen. There's, there's more to us than just where we've been. We're going somewhere. God has a plan for your life. It's bigger than what you can even see. Little did Peter know, amen, that he would be standing on the day of Pentecost with hundreds, thousands of people surrounding him as he began to preach the gospel. And the Bible says that thousands of souls were added to the church that day. That, that, that it was the goodness of God that brought him from where he was at to where he could be used by God. I'm going to tell you today, we don't need to judge people. We need to believe in God's goodness. We don't need to judge where they're at, judge what they're doing, judge what they're wearing, judge what they're saying. We need to believe in the goodness and the forbearance and the long-suffering of God, understanding that it is His goodness that brings us to a point where we can change. If you've experienced that in your life, lift your hands to the Lord right now and just thank Him. God, I love you today, Jesus. I'm thankful for your word. I'm thankful for your goodness, Lord. God, I'm thankful, God, for your blessing that changed my life. I'm thankful for you going to the cross, Lord, bearing my sin on the cross, taking that whipping of God with the, with the cat of nine tails on the whipping post, Lord, for me. God, you did that for me. Dying in, 
and being buried in that grave and being resurrected on the third day, God. I'm thankful, Lord, for your goodness. You didn't have to do it, but you did. You didn't have to do it, but you did. I believe some of us need a, we need a new perspective. God's not against you. God's pulling on your heart. We can continue down the path that we're on knowing it's the wrong path. But the goodness of God is what's going to lead us to a place where we can receive Him. I remember when I was stumbling about looking for what was I thought was going to satisfy me. Going here and there and doing this and that. Not, not much of it had very much purpose at all. But little did I know that the Lord was devising means we know the Bible says he will devise means that the banished be not expelled. He's setting us up for something good that will change our direction and change our lives. That thing for me was my wife. was. God placed her in my life as his goodness. And I count it a privilege. I was, I was so thankful for her because she was so different from any woman that I've ever met before. And I never had a desire to live for God. But at that moment, we start talking about family and settling down. Come on. And living for God and raising our family in church. And all those feelings that I had as a kid, being raised in the house of the Lord, they come flooding back in. It was the goodness of God that caused me to fall on my knees before the Lord and say, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, for, for your goodness. Amen. The draught of fishes could be anything. It could be, it could be a plethora of things that, that God gives us to turn our hearts because he wants to see us he wants us to see him correctly and it's not his his desire to see our demise amen it's not his desire just to punish us 
Any time that we do wrong, that's not his desire. I heard a guy talking this week on, on radio, and he was saying, uh, uh, I get a bad feeling when I think about Easter. Because we had to go to church three times a day. And I hated church, he said. Because church was, you know, just a bunch of rules. Just a bunch of things that, judgments of things that you couldn't do. And, and, and as a kid, I just, I hated it. You know, and I thought, wow. They don't know the God that I know. They're not serving the God that I serve. Amen. Because being in the church is being in life. Come on. Being part of the church, the, the true church, is having an opportunity to be in the presence of God. Amen. And God's not just about a bunch of rules. He's about goodness. Amen. He's about the goodness is exactly what you need to turn your heart. And I believe I call for it right now in the name of Jesus. Why don't we lift our hands? I call for it, Lord, right now that your goodness would rain down upon your people, God. In this last hour, I pray, Lord, that those that are under, under the sound of my voice, that you would rain down upon their lives that you would place in their lives right now, in this moment, those things that are going to cause their hearts to turn toward you, God. That they would become aware, God, of your, of your goodness and cognizant, God, of your mercy in their life. God, that you know their circumstance and you know what they're going through and you know exactly what they need to feel your presence. God, why don't we reach for him right now in the name of Jesus, Lord, I'm yours. God, I'm yours, Lord. Come on, let's pray. Why don't we pray over our family right now in the name of Jesus. Come on, begin to call your, the names of your children out right now. I expect it. I expect the goodness of the Lord. Come on, I expect the goodness of God. If you don't have the goodness of the Lord and, and expect it in your life, you will not make it. Amen. You will not. The David said, I had fainted unless I had believed to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait on the Lord. Be of good courage, and he shall strengthen thine heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. Come on, we got to believe that we're going to see his goodness we got to believe His goodness is going to shine through. we got to believe that His goodness is going to rain down on us. I don't care what's happening. I don't care how it looks like. The goodness of the Lord is going to have the last say. Come on. Come on. Call on the Lord right now. God, I love you, Jesus. Lord, I pray, God, that you would rain your goodness down, Lord, in whatever way, God, that you deem necessary, Lord, to bring your will to pass, God, into the lives of these people, Lord, the lives of those watching by way of the web, God. Lord, the, those people in this city, God, that you purposed to be a part of the revival, God. Lord, in the name of Jesus, I pray that you would rain your goodness down upon this city, Lord. God, I pray that you would cover it with your goodness. You would cover it with your mercy. 
Cover it with your long-suffering, God, and your forbearance, Lord. I pray in the name of Jesus that you would give them one more opportunity. Come on, give them a couple more days. Give them more hours, Lord. Give them a couple more years, God. Whatever it takes to turn their hearts. it down upon my family, Lord. Down upon my brothers, God. Down upon my my immediate family, Lord. My cousins and my aunts and my uncles, Lord. I pray in the name of Jesus that your goodness would cover them. I pray, God, that it would saturate their lives. I pray that they would become aware, Lord, of your goodness and your mercy and your forbearance, Lord, and your long-suffering toward them, waiting for them, God, and preparing the way that they could be saved. It wasn't, come on, it wasn't the fiery sermon that he preached to the people necessarily on the shore, even though he was listening to the word. It was the direct impact of the blessing of God in Peter's life that turned his heart. And he fell down on his knees. And he said, I don't deserve it. How many know what I'm talking about tonight, today? Amen. Why don't we lift our hands one more time? This altar's open today. If you just want to come down here and just give God some praise. If you want to come down and just spend some time with the Lord today and thank Him for His goodness. If you're a recipient of His goodness, but you have not yet responded to His goodness, why don't you run down here and crawl under this altar and fall at His feet and say, God, my life is yours. My life is yours, God. My life is yours. Thanks again for listening to the Anchor Church of Cambridge podcast. If you enjoyed it, make sure you subscribe so you can keep up with our weekly sermons. If you are in the Cambridge area, we invite you to join us on Sundays at 11 a.m. Again, thanks for listening and we hope to see you soon.